Scripture, and starting with the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. Isaiah, chapter 61. Isaiah, what an amazing book, and so much recorded there is prophecy concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but I want us to go just a little bit different direction, and uh, a sermon, I, I don't know, sometimes I'm just not good at keeping things uh, dated or whatever, and I, I looked at this and I thought, I, I'm almost sure I preach this here, but I can't find where I had it written down. So I'm going to assume that you haven't heard it yet, and, uh, or most of you haven't heard it. Uh, but I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3. If you found it, would you stand with me in honor of God's word? Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3, page 795 in my Bible, in case you're still looking for it. Verse 3 says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Then we go down to verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Would you go with me then to the book of Matthew? Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. And starting with verse 1. Matthew chapter 22, verse 1. This is a parable. Jesus told, it says, And Jesus answered, and spake unto them again by parables, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. And he set forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, that they, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatling are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it. And went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. He saith to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find... Bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. When the king came in and saw, to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. I want you to notice this. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. One more scripture from the book of Revelation, chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16, and verse 15. Revelation chapter 16. And verse 15, 
It says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Well, stop right there. I want to talk about being dressed for success. Dressed for success. You know, there's a way that God wants us to be successful Christians. And he provides garments that he wants us to wear. Dress for success. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we love you tonight. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you for your presence that we've already felt here in this place tonight. Tonight we need the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost for this service. Oh Lord, we pray that you would help us, oh God, to share the things that you would want us to speak. Lord, would you challenge our hearts to a deeper and a closer walk in relationship with you. Help us tonight. Give us a freedom and a liberty in this place, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, back years ago, a long time ago, I read this article in the Reader's Digest about a woman that had received $5,000 inheritance from her grandfather. And she decided, she wanted, really wanted to do something with this money to benefit some other people. And so she started using that money to buy used clothing that she could help other women out. And so she would take this clothing and then she would give it to these women that came to her and that they would be able to, to dress well for a job interview. They needed, they needed the nice clothes to make a good appearance for a job interview. And so she called it being dressed for success. Good title. Dressed for success. But you know, God gives us clothing that we could never afford. God gives us spiritual clothing that all he asks is that you wear it. Couldn't pay for it. You haven't got enough money to buy it. But you know what? These are look good on anybody, and you're just responsible to wear them. God wants you to wear them. And you know, God wants you to keep them clean. Keep them unspotted from the world. And there is nothing more that, that Satan would like than to steal these garments from you. You ever had some piece of garment and you can't find it? Your favorite something, favorite blouse, favorite something, and favorite pair of jeans or whatever. And it's like, I can't find them. I've looked, I've searched every, you know, it, where, is, where are all those odd socks I have? You know, I got to wear my dress socks. I'd come up with one. Every time I got to have to keep them in one of these little baggies that my wife just throws the whole thing in the washer. That, that there is a mysterious place where there's a whole bunch of mismatched socks. I, I don't know, but there is nothing more that the devil would like than to steal these garments from you. And so I want you to notice here, and especially from this parable, this speaks of a feast, a marriage supper and the king's son is going to be married and there were some guests that were invited and they refused to come so we're not coming you know how hurtful it would be you know we don't care we're not coming and so when he said he sent out his servants go invite the peasants it doesn't matter we want the place to be filled with guests go invite anybody and so as the king comes out to see all the guests that were invited, there's an individual without a wedding garment. Didn't have a wedding garment on. And in that day, you didn't have to buy it. They were furnished. 
as you came, you were a guest there, you were handed a garment. You were handed something. You know, it sounded like a pretty good deal. You were handed something to wear. You didn't have to pay for it. You were just asked to wear it. So when the king comes in and he finds this man that doesn't have a wedding garment on, he has him thrown out. He says, go, take him, find him, take the servants, tell him, take him out. He was asked to wear a wedding garment. You know, what he thought was, what I have is good enough. What I have, it'll be all right. What I have is as nice as anything the king's going to provide. Why can't I wear what I've got? Maybe that's what he was thinking. You know, there, there for years when I worked at McKee's, every so often, the boss would tell me, said, Bob, we picked out new suits at J.C. Penney's. Stafford suits. Nice suits. That's all he had to mention was J.C. Penney's. I'm ready to go. I knew I was getting a new suit. I was getting a Stafford suit. All I had to do was be fitted for it. All I had to do was on the day of a funeral was had to wear it. Now, he wouldn't provide shoes. He wouldn't buy us a belt, but he bought me the suit. That's good enough. I'll take that. And you know, so, so it was, the idea was that when we had a funeral, everybody looked the same. We were all dressed the same. All had the same tie on. All had the same suit on. And it looked good. And it was nice to get free suits. I liked it. And all I was asked to do was keep it clean. I mean, they never even said that. That's just obvious, right? I mean, every once in a while, when the thing can stand up by itself, it's time for it to go to the dry cleaners, you know? All I was asked was to wear it. It's free. You know what this is a picture of? It's a picture of salvation. There's a wedding garment that he wants you to wear. You come to an altar. You give your heart to the Lord. He's giving you a wedding garment. And he asks you to wear it. You know something? Your good works aren't good enough. You may say, hey, what I've got is as good as anything that God can provide. No, it's not. You can't wrap yourself up in false religion and expect to make it. You can't wrap yourself in good works. You can't wrap yourself in just being sincere. You know, you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. It doesn't work. It won't work that way. He said he provides that garment of salvation purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. And all he asks you to do is wear it. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. How will he know? Sometimes you wonder, how, how will God know? Be able to separate the, the saints from the sinners at the rapture. It'll be those that are wearing the wedding garment. Won't be hard for God. All he'll be able to look is those that are covered with the blood of Jesus. Those that have got on the wedding garments. He knows what he's doing. Coming for those that are dressed for the wedding of the bride. Let me go on. There's a second one. We find this in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. We've got to be clothed with the Spirit. You know that? We need to be clothed with the Spirit. It's a Greek word, enduo. You know, I'm not a big Greek theologian or, or Hebrew theologian or whatever, but it means to put on. Like putting on or sinking into a garment. This we also find, um, it talks about in Judges chapter 6, verse 34, about Gideon. 
It says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. It was like a garment coming on. Listen, folks, we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need to be wearing that garment. We need to be clothed with the Spirit. We talked a little bit about this in Sunday school. We need old-time Pentecost. We need it. In our Sunday school lesson this morning, talked about Peter being before those religious leaders. He performed a miracle at the temple. And you know the, the lame man that's sent there by the temple. And here Peter and John didn't have anything, didn't have any alms to give him, didn't have anything. But he healed him. And the power of God came down and healed that man who had been lame for 40 years. Folks. Here, when, she, when, when uh, the, the, uh, Roman, uh, the religious leaders took Peter and took John and took him aside, here's Peter, that even in front of this, this, this woman at the crucifixion, or at the, the, when Jesus was before Pilate, denied the Lord, now he's standing in the power of the Holy Ghost. And he's proclaiming to these religious leaders, he's the stone that the builders rejected. He's the one that you crucified. I'll tell you what, that's boldness in the Holy Ghost. You know, what a difference it made in Peter's life. What a difference it makes in our lives. You know what, in that upper room, those 120 were making a stir in revival, uh, revival in Jerusalem because they're walking around clothed in the Spirit. Folks, we need old-time Pentecost. I told you in Sunday school this morning, I want our young people to see old-time Pentecost, but you know what? It means we've got to get in. It means that we have got to have it and got to, if you can have it, like somebody said, and use and lose and not use it, you can lose it and not miss it. The old-time church, all they had to do in the book of Acts, if they lost 5%, they knew it. Nowadays, if we lost 95%, we wouldn't know it. We don't move and operate in the Spirit. We need to be clothed in the Spirit. Let me go on real quick. Number three is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. It says, be clothed with humility. For God resisted the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. You know what? In this Christian walk, we're to become servants. You know, the world cries out, be a leader. Word of God says, word of God says we're to serve one another. We're to be clothed in this scripture with humility. We're to humble ourselves. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It was John the Baptist said that John the Baptist said, I must decrease while he increases. John the Baptist said, It's not about me. It's all about him. It's all about him. He's the one to be lifted up. And Jesus said there was none greater than John the Baptist. We need to be clothed with humility. It's like somebody said in the book, you know, the 10 most humblest men in the world and how I trained the other nine. Or humility and how I attained it, you know. I mean, it just when you, when you act like you're proud of how humble you are, it just kind of cancels it out. But you know what? How the amazing thing it would do. We could humble ourselves and prefer our brother or sister ahead of us. Sometimes we think... Uh, you know, I need to take up the sword. Pastor, I have a right. 
I have a right to teach that Sunday school class. I have a right to lead this year's Christmas play. But I have a right. I'm better than that person. And you know, sometimes we think, well, we just take that sword to cut somebody up. When you know what he really wants us to do? It's lay down the sword, take up the towel, and wash one another's feet. You know what? Maybe it'd do us good to have a foot washing service. Talk about humbling. You've never been in a foot washing service. It's humbling when you kneel down in front of somebody and have to wash their feet. And you know what? That's what we should be doing as Christians. I prefer my brother or sister. You know, we have people that have church fights. They split churches because they can't make up decisions. They can't prefer somebody else above themselves. I want my way. We're like, sometimes some churches are like a bunch of spoiled brats. I want my way. I want it my way. You know, it's like a Burger King religion. I want it served my way. It's not always your way. It can't always be your way. If there's ever a place that ought to run with unity, it ought to be the body of Christ. As the psalmist said, how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Unity. You know what? We're not like the Ruritan Club. We're not like the iguanas or the elks or the, or the uh, lepers or the uh, ostriches or whatever. You know what? We're not like them. We're not like them. We're different because we love one another. And we have to humble ourselves. Sometimes it's laying aside my rights. It's laying aside what I want. And I pick up the towel and wash somebody else. So let me go on. Next one is I've got to be clothed with righteousness. We found that in Isaiah uh, chapter 61, I believe it was. Isaiah said, say, he hath covered me or clothed me with his righteousness. This is symbolic of holiness, folks, right here. We have to wear the righteousness of Christ. I've got to wear the righteousness of Christ. You know, this is depicting like the priest, the high priest or the priest at that time and the garments that he wore. And as he would go into the temple, he had these long robes. And, you know, they were supposed to anoint those robes with oil, anoint that priest. And you know what? He didn't ever want it to touch the flesh. The flesh was covered by that garment. And you know something that lets me know, it's not about the flesh. You know that? It's about being covered with His righteousness. Because sometimes we have a way of being carnal because of the carnal world that we live in, caught up in carnal things. And He wants us to be spiritual. We got to wear these robes of righteousness. You know the Laodicean church? We talked about it in the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights. The Laodicean church was guilty of indecent exposure. Because the scripture said, and the angel to that church pointed out, they were spiritually naked. Indecent exposure. He wants us to wear garments of righteousness. Not self-righteousness, but his righteousness. You know why? His testimony can't change. You know why you can't wear your own righteousness? Because it says filthy rags. It's not good enough. 
and your testimony can change. You can backslide. You can. You can choose to walk out that door and not come back. You can choose not to pray. You can choose not to read God's word. You can choose to backslide. You can make that decision. But there's coming. We find it in some Revelation chapter 9, verses 6 through 8, talking about there will be a time when that bride will wear the righteousness of the saints. You know, it lets me know right now, I've got to keep that wedding garment clean. I've got to keep sending material to the other side to make that bride of Christ, to make that wedding garment. Because someday she will receive that. Someday she will wear the righteousness of the saints. It says in Revelation chapter 19. My sister, you know, I guess every, every bride has their dream. My younger sister got married. She had the dream of wearing her own dress that she made. She was living with my wife and I at that time. We were just newlyweds, and it was necessary. My younger sister come stay with us. And we were living in a church, working in a Christian school, and she took a Sunday school classroom. She set up her sewing machine, and she went to work tediously sewing little beads and all this stuff. She'd bring a piece to my wife and say, here, help me try this on. Help me try it on. At that time, my wife's hands cracked real bad. She had eczema, and they crack, and they bleed. And at one point, they end up getting a spot of blood on that beautiful white dress. And they tried frantically to make sure they got every bit of that out. But then my, my sister go back to that room, and she'd sew a little bit more. And she'd work on it and get another part done. She'd have it put together. And she'd come back and say, here, help me try this on again. And they kept working and working on it until she got to the day that she could wear it for her wedding. It was beautiful. She couldn't wear it until it was finished. Wouldn't do any good. And you know something? She wasn't going to wear it out in the garden. She wasn't going to wear it to go chop wood. She's saving it for that special day. Someday, and the scripture tells us, we will wear the righteousness of the saints. But you know what? It depends on the material we're sending to the other side. Come on. Got to send over good material for that bride of Christ. Now, let me give you the last one. We've got to be clothed with praise. Isaiah tells us in 61 verse 3, we are to put on the garments of praise, folks. What's happened to your praise? What's happened to it? You've got to wear the garment of praise. He said, God, put off that garment of heaviness. Put off the heaviness and put on the garment of praise. You know something? There's times even as a pastor, I don't feel like coming to church. You know something? On Wednesday nights, I'm tired. We went to that revival over at, at Brother Everett's church. We went to a revival. They make it look fun to me. I get up. They call on the pastors all testifying. I get up. Praise the Lord. Glad to be in God's house. They make fun. You know what? I'd been up since 3 o'clock. I was tired. I didn't sleep good that night. I was tired. I, 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 I would have liked to have stayed home, but I was tired. But I went to revival. And you know something? There's something about being in God's house. Even when I come on a Wednesday night and I'm dragging, by the time I'm done, I'm charged up. I've been in the presence of the Lord. Folks, I'm telling you, it works. When you can forget about all the problems and everything you face 
all this week, last week, the coming week and everything and set all of that aside and begin to raise your hands and begin to worship Him. It'll make a difference. Put on the garment of praise. He inhabits the praises of His people. You know something? I would almost like it whenever we... Whenever Jesus comes back and we make it to heaven, there would be something I, I, I would really like for Jesus to be able to say, I like to come into your church. <laughs> I liked it when Safe Haven Tabernacle had church because I felt something there. Those people were ready to worship. And what's happened to our praise? You know what? If we're going to raise another generation of kids that can worship, it's going to have to be because they see the adults doing it. I, I love to see kids doing it. Kids are imitators. You know that? And that's okay. It's okay. Listen, it's okay to play church. It's okay at home. That's not being disrespectful. It's okay because they're learning, folks. And who are they going to learn from? they got to learn from us. That means when we come to God's house, we get in and begin to worship from the very first song at the very first introduction, we don't even have to wait till 6 o'clock. We don't have to wait till 7 o'clock. We can enter His gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We can enter His courts with praise. Put on the garment of praise. Take off that spirit of heaviness. You know what? Sometimes the heaviness is contagious. You ever seen that? Some people, they can walk in a room, it's like a dark cloud just came in. Oh, woe is me! You know, the devil's just beat me up all week. You know what? We've all been through that. You know, what was me? I may as well go eat worms. Nothing goes right. <laughs> I knew at one church that used to call me to speak, and there was a lady there and knew her well. She's gone now. But you know, you don't dare ask some people how they're doing, and then you hear this long list. Well, my kids, and at work, and this and that. And you know what? That same lady had a sister-in-law been through some of the same experiences, lost a son, had sickness, all kinds of things, and you never heard her complain. Never heard her complain. Come on, folks. Put aside that heaviness. Put on the garment of praise. Put that spirit of heaviness. Lay that aside. Lay that aside. You know, here, here, here comes Jacob one day. He got for what was his birthday or Christmas? He got the. You ever seen these blankets got weights on them? I, I I don't I don't remember what it does, but I asked. He said he doesn't use it in the summertime, but it's got weight. I don't know. It's some kind of security. I I don't know. I guess, and 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 it's all weighted down. It's heavy. I wouldn't want to carry that around all the time. And I, and I'd seen it with with Leah. In Montana with the grandkids, and I think it was Seth was the first one, had that kid all wrapped up when he was a baby in this thing with Velcro around it, like a straitjacket for a baby. And, oh, I think when I'm born, I'd want to be moving around. And that, but he, he just, it just calmed him down. I don't know, something about it. But you know something? We don't need that straitjacket. We need to be free to raise our hands. Just begin to worship him. Just begin to praise him. Let me close with this. Got a couple, close, a couple closings real quick. And then I'll really close today. First closing. You know something in the old time houses? Old time farmhouses? They didn't have closets. You know, back in the old days, they didn't have a lot of clothes. 
They had their Sunday, Sunday go to meeting clothes. And then they had work clothes. We're blessed. This, we're, we, we've got clothes. We've got closets so full of clothes we don't know what we have. But the old houses didn't have it. You know why? Because those clothes were meant to be worn. They didn't have them closets full. And have to say, you know what? Here, it, God wants us to wear these, folks. Put it on. He wants you to wear it. As these garments are worn together. We have to be clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And we can be, have the garment of salvation on. And be clothed in the spirit and clothed with humility all at the same time. Do you remember the story about the emperor's new clothes? Pepper was coming, fooled into hell. These, these deceivers came and they said they could make him some new clothes and they pretended like they were stitching something together and all of that. And they brought it to the emperor to wear and there was nothing. It was all imaginary, but people played along like they could see it till the one time the, 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 uh, the, they had a big parade and the king came out in his new clothes and one little boy that was the only honest one, I guess, there said, look, look at the king, he has nothing on. You know what? Sometimes the devil fools us into thinking everything's right, but it's not. We've let him come in and we've let him steal those garments. Cassandra, won't you come back to the piano, please? Song says, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Would you stand to your feet? I want us to sing it tonight. You know what? We have an opportunity to make sure we get those garments on. Make sure you're clothed with salvation. Make sure you're clothed with humility. Make sure you've got on the righteousness of Christ. Make sure, you know, put on that Holy Spirit. Be endued with power like putting on a garment. You need the Holy Ghost. You can receive the Holy Ghost tonight. But you know what, too? We need to put on the garment of praise. The spirit of heaviness. Take off the heaviness. Put on the praise. Would you sing it? Surely the presence.